0: What's up guys Matt Matthews here with Real Talk with Matt Matthews podcast. This is episode number three and today this is something that kind of hits really home with me and kind of with my life and how things have gone for me in the past Um, and today I have a really incredible woman on um, the phone with us. Her name is Rose and she is an incredible business owner Um, but her story didn't always start out as a wonderful business owner. She kind of had a tough story, kind of like I did. Um, So I really want you to listen and kind of understand the things that she's going to say and talk about today so that you can maybe get a little bit of inspiration from that. So Rose, thank you so much for being on today's episode. I'm so excited to have you and I'm so excited that you're willing to be real and vulnerable with us and share your story. So thank you so much for being on here.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Matt. I
0: really appreciate it. You are awesome. I've known you for a little bit now, and I love following you on social media, and I just love everything that you're doing with your business and inspiring people. So tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of how you got into starting your own business and kind of your background. Awesome. So... I want to talk a little bit about kind of um, things
1: that I went through to get to the point where I'm at now, because like you said, it it did not always kind of start out like this for me. Um, There was a lot of my life where I actually had no idea what I was doing. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, My childhood, I did not have, it wasn't like an absolutely terrible one. Um, My parents got divorced just like, a lot of other people go through when I was, like, 13. um, My dad had several affairs, on my mom, which I feel like really affected me, um, and, you know, as a little girl, and my dad was an alcoholic. So I grew up, um, you know, in an alcoholic family, essentially, and when I was fairly young, um, in high school and everything, I really started kind of experiencing alcohol, Um, And other drugs, and I feel like it just kind of happened to me really young where I was going through so much with my parents and just trying to, like, you know, manage school and everything, and, you know, having those those genes probably didn't help, Um, so I pretty much early on, you know, really struggled with kind of just experimenting with too many different things. Um, and then I ended up in a relationship. I started dating this guy when I was 17 years old, um, got completely codependent and even like really addicted to the relationship in a sense. Um, he was older and I went through seven years of being with him, um, where I got called. I mean, it was a lot of emotional and like mental abuse, Um, you know, if I wanted to go out with girlfriends, I was called a slut. Um, He, you know, got to the point of like spitting in my face, Um, just really went through a lot with him. And when I was, um, I was in my early to mid twenties and I finally got up the courage to leave like the only thing that I had known, Um, you know, at a young age, So I left that relationship, um, which just took, like, so much out of me. I, like, spiraled into, like, really bad addiction. Um, You know, I felt like I couldn't really cope with kind of being alone at that point and, like, um, all the emotions. So I ended up going to treatment for the first time, um, and it really just started out with kind of, you know, a lot of alcohol, but like a lot of downers. Um, I like to basically just sleep and I wanted to like sleep the day away. I was super depressed. Um, I had actually been hospitalized at that point um, in a psychiatric hospital and really just didn't want to live. Um, So I went through kind of going to treatment to rehab like it had been twice. Um, I couldn't stay sober. I started dabbling with more and more things because I don't, you know, as some of you may know, like, you know, especially of addicts, um, you can keep, you can't go back and do the same thing because you have to take more and more to feel the same effect. So, you know, all of a sudden, before I knew it, um, I had really gotten into like a lot of like, Heavy duty pain pills, and I was kind of um, ex I started even experimenting with heroin, so that was pretty scary for me because I never really expected myself to get to that point um, so once I got to that point, you know I had been to treatment i I woke up to um it was like six or seven um like firefighters and like paramedics that had climbed up on a ladder to get through my window to my house because my mom thought that I had killed myself um because I had just done so much heroin that I didn't wake up for for really a while um so it was, after that I remember going home for Thanksgiving and I had no money um I had quit I couldn't keep a job you know and um so it was kind of I guess at that point math that I like really hit you know rock bottom as far as getting dabbling in with things that i never thought that i would get into you know
0: right well so. i know that you said you kind of you kind of hit on um you know you kind of knew that you shouldn't be doing kind of these kind of things because they were in your genes and people don't understand and a lot of people don't get you know that i i struggled with um addiction and alcoholism and things like that not not personally myself but growing up in a family of alcoholics and drug addicts and things like that. And, you know, I always made the conscious effort and the decision growing up to not ever try drugs because I knew that it was in my DNA. And I knew that at any moment, if I tried them, I I already had an addictive personality and I already had that Mm -hmm. gene. That if I tried it, I would probably become addicted to it and I wouldn't be able to stop. And people don't understand. And so many people are just kind of ignorant when it comes to addiction. And they think that, oh, well, you don't just become addicted to it or it's not, you know, something that it just runs in your family. And it does. You know, so many people are, you know, they do it because, well, their brother or their sister or their mother or their father did it and they pass that gene on. And so they become, you know, addicts themselves. And it's not so much that you can't not do it because I beat that and I didn't ever, you know, fall susceptible, susceptible to that. But it is something that you have to really work on and, and notice and make a conscious effort and decision to know, Hey, you know, like I already have this in me to become an addict and how am I going to, you know, f- face that and break that cycle essentially and not do the same thing that my parents did, or my sisters did, or, you know, whatever the case may be. And it's not so much of a choice, I feel like, you know, addiction is very much a disease, and it is something that overwhelms people. And, you know, it sounds like in your case, you really struggled with depression and kind of finding who you are. And, you know, when you kind of hit those, those parts in your life, and you're really just kind of at, a point where you don't know who you are and you're young and you're impressionable and you just don't really know where to go. You kind of just do anything to fit in and to feel good about yourself and to feel like you are worth it. Do you, I mean, do you agree with that?
1: I, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I feel like that's what I spent like most of my kind of heights, my high school days, I was like going to college parties because I really didn't know like where to fit in. I was you know just trying to like hang out with the older kids and feeling lost and like everything that you said about you know it it is a disease and I went through that you know because believe it or not before I went to NA meetings I was going to Al-Anon meetings you know with for my dad and it's mm-hmm. like you it is something that you just have to be like completely cautious and just know that like yeah it it, it is in your genes and You know, it's something that I really should have been way more aware of, and it's something that I want to be open and honest with about my children when they're, you know, older and ready for that conversation.
0: Absolutely, and you know, I remember you said that you remember going to meetings with your dad. I remember going to meetings with my biological mom when I was little. Like I wish she would take me to AA meetings with her. So I remember going to those, and you know, it's just it's hard, you know, especially when you. Feel like there's really nobody around you to listen and there's nobody around you to talk to, and nobody just really understands you. But and nobody's there to make you feel better about the situation, but you know that there's always that drug there that kind of gives you that high and it makes you feel better. And it, you know, in that moment in your time, it makes you feel like you're making the right decision by doing that. But what people don't understand is. Drugs don't give a shit about you. You know, like they don't care who you are, how old you are, where you come from. Like all they are going, all they're ready to do and all they're going to do and all they try to do is destroy your lives. So what, what kind of happened after, you know, after they found you in your bedroom, after you had used a lot of heroin, what kind of happened after that? Were you continuing to use, were you, did you kind of like hit rock bottom then and know like, okay, this is crazy. What kind of happened after that?
1: so after they i didn't go directly back like right after that um i actually went you know it scared the shit out of me and i went home um it was actually right around thanksgiving and i went home and my mom because she's been through this with me over and over again and i have like i feel so bad for my mom now because just watching me and like you know seeing seeing me almost die like so many different times Um, especially being a mom now, it's like, it's, it's just, I don't know. I can't even talk about it without getting emotional, but like, um, so I went home for Thanksgiving. She knew that something was going on. Um, she kind of asked me how I was dealing with, with things because she could tell that I was on drugs. And at this point she did not know that I was doing heroin. I mean, I think as a mother, I don't know why, but people put this and i i mean i get why i don't know like it's just such a scary word and a scary drug for a lot of people i think that it was a lot for my mom to take in um at first i didn't want to tell her you know she kind of told me well i'm going to go get a drug test and you you aren't welcome here like you know so all of those kind of like giving you ultimatums um those were tough but for me at this point i had wrecked my car Um, like so many different times, I had so many dents in my car, um, from just being like blacked out or like completely out of it, um, stuff I didn't remember, um, you know, and I really, really wanted for the first time, like I wanted for myself because that's important, you have to want it for yourself, not do it for other people. And I kept doing it for other people, um, so I had got to that point where like I was tired of living that way because the main thing was like, no, I mean, I liked the high. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I still think about the high. I think most addicts do. Um, But for me, I wanted to just like, I constantly felt on a day-to-day basis, like I'd be okay if I didn't wake up um, from, you know, from doing the drugs. And I also, you know, when you get to that point of like doing so many drugs and drinking all the time, like you it makes you feel worse. Like you wake up and like the shit that you were getting high over, like the day before, like it's 15 to 20 times worse. Um, Because that's just the way that our minds and what the drugs do and what the alcohol does. Um, well, and you're so not for numb me, anymore. That, no, you're not numb anymore. And you wake up and you're like sober shit. And you're like, okay, these problems are still here. Like I need to deal with these problems you know, like sober because they're not going to go away. Drugs aren't going to make them go away. Alcohol is not going to make them go away. So for me, I don't know. I hit my rock bottom. Um, And then I hit an even further rock bottom when I was, I went to detox um, and I had to detox and it sucks because heroin is one of the hardest things um, to come off of. And, uh, you know, like coming off of it and going through withdrawals, like, in a detox center, um, they don't really get, they don't give you anything. It's not like you're coming off alcohol to where you can have seizures and everything. So you're kind of shitted out of luck. Um, and I just remember being so miserable. And when I got out of treatment, my car was gone. Um, my parents kind of stopped communicating with me and I didn't understand why at the time. Um, so for me, like I said, I continued to hit like more of a bottom because, they weren't doing it to hurt me. You know, at the time I felt like that because not having a car, I had no communication. I was like, what, the, you know, what am I going to do? Um, so attached to the detox center was like a homeless shelter and, you know, they, they couldn't essentially like, they didn't want really to They didn't want really me to have a car when I got out of treatment so I could just get in my car like I had done before and like drive to DC which is where I was living around the time and go pick up some more dope you know so it was like I lived in a homeless shelter for over a month um I actually ended up like I had a really good sponsor um she kind of helped me I mean I ended up like it was freezing cold too. Cause obviously I got, you know, sober right after Thanksgiving. So I would walk around, walk to the bus stop, like in Northern Virginia, there's buses that take you places in, you know, um, she, my sponsor would help me kind of pay just for a bus ride. I ended up getting a job as a working in a tax office, which is something I would never do um, typically, but I knew that I needed a job um so I lived in that homeless shelter I had my shampoo and my conditioner that would get stolen from me if you know just things that I was not used to um growing up and really went through hell living in there um and walking to the bus stop you know when there's snow on the ground I mean I'd have to walk like pretty far on a day-to-day basis and go to this job that I hated and I worked Monday through Sunday like every single day um you know, and built, got enough money, um, and I started living in an Oxford house, and I lived in an Oxford house for months, um, and that's really kind of how my story, you know, evolved um, in getting sober the last time, so obviously, I don't want to go through that shit again, um, and that, that is kind of always in the back of my mind, you know, because of where I'm at today, and I know that I could go back there, like, super quick. Right. Um, and that's what I have to be careful of.
0: Well, you know, and and again, people also neglect to to think that just because you're sober doesn't mean that you're no longer an addict. You know, like just like they say in, right. in meetings and things like that, you're a recovering addict. And you always will be your entire yeah. life. Um, you know, my aunt, for example, um, w- was an alcoholic and she's been sober for 20 years now, but she still will tell you I'm an alcoholic and I'm recovered, you know, I'm recovering and and it's a, it's a constant battle. It's just something that you continue to face. And first off, just let me commend you for your ability to do it because so many people, um, they aren't able to break the cycle. And, you know, now here you are with, a business and, um, married and children and, you know, an amazing life. So what do you think really kind of was the turning point that you said, okay, now I've got to get my shit together and I can't, I can't keep living like this. I want to have a better life.
1: Um, you know, I guess I really, I really learned that, um, you know, like I was saying, I hit, like, a second rock bottom after I got sober. Um, living in the homeless shelter and everything and working, you know, really hard just to, like, go to a job that I hated. Um, and, you know, shortly after that, I actually started, so once I got, like, once I got my shit together, I started to be, I was a nanny. Um, and obviously, like, working with children. So that's kind of where, like, my photography Actually started, and I realized that I just like really enjoyed taking pictures, even if it was like just with my my cell phone is kind of how I started out like taking pictures of like the kids that I knew and I mean I throw like a like an instagram like black and white filter over it, and I thought like you know it was amazing um and it just made me feel like some type of way um and so that's kind of how it started um you know, but then I I really was thinking that I was going to, like, I wanted to move to the beach, because I was living up in Massachusetts with this family that I was nannying for, and it, like, hit me. I was, like, I'm getting older, like, I want to, like, maybe just live at the beach for a little bit, kind of soak that up, and, like, really get my shit together, Um, and I moved to the beach, and fun fact, I got pregnant, like, three months after I moved to the beach I started dating this guy and you know it's like I don't know at the time like when it first happened I was like I can't do this like you know and I truly believe like my daughter who's like now you know she's we'll just say she's she's getting older so like knowing back then you know she I, I believe she was put in my life for a reason to kind of I don't know if I ever would have like gone back to doing what I was doing. I feel like I wouldn't and I get emotional about this because I just feel like um like that child you know was was really given to me um for a purpose and you know not to like knock um I know that there's addicts that can't you know they still struggle with kids, um, to try to get sober, and my heart goes out to them, um, because I just couldn't imagine my daughter losing me, um, so I guess that's kind of, like, you know, um, sorry for, no, <laughs> for don't, getting so do emotional. Not, do
0: not apologize, because, I mean, so many people, Face that, and it's a real thing. And you know, like people need to know. People need to be aware of the shit that's happening. And you know what drugs do. You know, my biological mother um, was an alcoholic and an addict, and and you know, my father got custody of me when I was in the second grade because several times in my life I almost died because of the you know because she couldn't break the cycle. You know, she wasn't yeah she wasn't able. And it wasn't, and it wasn't that she didn't love me. It was just that she didn't know how to be a mother because of her addiction. And, you know, I applaud you for, you know, being able to know that, you know, this is more important and this is something that I have to do not only for me now, but for my daughter. And that just shows how incredible you are and just how powerful you are because the mind itself is a very powerful thing. And, you know, being able to put that aside and know that I have to give my life to another person, you know, and I have to give my life to my daughter and to give her a better life than you had, you know, and that's what it essentially boils down to. And, you know, people all the time just kind of push addicts to the side and don't really ever give them the benefit of the doubt. Now, don't get me wrong. there, There are addicts. That are manipulative and users, and just continue over and over and over to just say one thing and do another, but there is help out there, and there is you know there is a chance for people to better themselves and to get better and to have better lives, no matter where they come from and no matter where you know what struggles they face so what do you think helps you um, I know you said your daughter, but what really? pushes you every day because I know that that addiction is still there. So what do you think really pushes you to stay sober and to you know stay clean and living this incredible life?
1: I think that knowing the important thing is like knowing what I have in front of me. you know, I'm not like I know I talked about in the beginning like being like with that horrible boyfriend, like I have an amazing husband, like we just got married um, you know at the beginning of the year. And like, I know so easily that everything that I've gained from staying sober from, you know, um, from heroin and everything, it's like, I, we just bought a house last year, like I've owned my own business, Um, you know, coming up on two years, but like been doing it longer than that. And it's like, okay, I make good money. I've got a house. I have a husband. I have a daughter. I have another daughter on the way. Like, you know, why I have to sit there and think to myself, like, why would I do anything to like jeopardize that? Like, I don't want to lose that, you know? Um, cause I've been in that position, you know, like I talked about, I've lived in the homeless shelter. I don't want to go, I don't want to go back to one. Like I don't really know of anybody that like thoroughly enjoys one. Um, you know, and it's just, yeah. like, not a place, not a place that I want to go back to. It's the little things that you can't take for granted, you know, like, no, I don't have the biggest house. No, I don't drive the nicest car. I have a car. I haven't wrecked my car, like, you know, like I used to, and it's like, okay, and I I, I take care of all these things from, from myself, you know. Right. um, Obviously, we do it as a couple, but, it, you know, it's like to be able to, like, by my daughter things, by myself things, like, I don't want to lose that, you know, that kind of keeps, keeps my head, keeps my head on, right, and I'm very proud of, like, of where I'm at, and how my business has grown, too, you know.
0: So, if there is anybody that is listening to this podcast, and maybe they have struggled with addiction, or maybe they're still struggling with addiction, um, what is something that you would tell them?
1: So I could say so much. Um, But I I guess like the the first thing I would want them to know is like they are not alone. Um, You know, I feel like so many of us like struggle with it and don't talk about it and we hide it from people um, because it is something that, no, like we're not we're not proud of, you know, Um, but I think that it's extremely important because to reach out and get help. Um, and I know that sounds so cliche, but it's just like, it's something that you have to do. I've literally, I've watched, um, you know, girls that were in my Oxford house. There's been three or four of them that have died. Like since I've been, you know, since I've been sober. Um, and it's scary. Like it's not, you know, I guess telling people, which I'm sure that they already know, but the reality of it is like, you will either die or you will end up in jail. And they say that in the rooms, but it's like, so it's, there's nothing, you know, that could be more true. It's like, you know, if you want to live like a normal, happy life, you are perfectly capable of doing that. Like, yes, it's sometimes it takes time, you know, and no, not, you know, don't be discouraged. If you tried to get sober once and it didn't work, there's people that, you know go to treatment 7 7 times i feel like before they get it and there's some people that don't get it at all um i just think that it's super important to reach out and try to get help because you know me myself and like you know how many other people like so many other people have have these stories of like hope of okay you can get sober i know it doesn't feel like you can right now but you can you know, and you can be on this other side of like not wanting to lose all these amazing things that you have, you know, but you have to, you have to reach out and ask for help and get help.
0: I, Love that. And I cannot thank you enough for sharing your story with me and for being willing to come on here and talk about your life um, and inspire other people. And for anybody that is listening to this, I just want you to know that you are not alone and there is help out there. If you are struggling with any kind of substance abuse and you are too scared to tell someone that you love or scared to open up to someone that you're close to, there are treatment centers out there readily and available for you. Um, I know one that I recommend is recoveryunplugged.com. You can, um, go to their website and they can help you with treatment. Um, listening to other people talk about their struggles, um, like we just talked about today and just know that you are incredible and you're worthy and you know, you have so much potential and amazing things can happen if you just put the work in and the time. So thank you again, Rose, for being on here. I so appreciate it. And I wish you nothing but amazing things and the best and your new baby girl coming. I know that's so exciting. So I know that's going to be amazing and I'm just really excited to see your life continue to blossom and do amazing things. So thank you so much again for being here and, Giving us a little bit of encouragement, inspiration today.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Matt. And I it was so nice to tell my story. So I really appreciate you listening and having me today.
0: Absolutely. You have been a blast. Um, thank you guys for listening to episode number three of the podcast. And stay tuned for more later.